0: This is Helps Ministry Part 2, Lesson 1, and this is on communication and unity. This is critical for every arena of life, as you well know. Even uh, deaf people came up with a way to communicate, right? Amen. So let me look at this, because I'm already getting ahead of myself, I can already tell. But let's read our, our lesson here. Life exists because of communication, and every living thing communicates except your husband. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Yeah, almost every living thing communicates except my husband, says the frustrated wife. Communication is the most necessary ingredient to any assembly's success. That includes the local church. And obviously we've written these lessons because we want our local church and any local church that may receive these teachings to prosper and accomplish what they need to in Christ. You have to have communication to get the job done. Yet the one element that requires constant work to be perfect is communication. You, we're always practicing communication. Everything is constantly among the human realm. Animals have it down. They don't advance in their communication skills, but we're always working on it. And for all the technology that's given to us to communicate, we still fail at it. Amen. For all the texting, we still fail to reply to text or check our text. For all the emailing, some folks check their email once a month. Amen. Amen. For all the phone calls, how many folks don't listen to voicemail? Technology is not the problem. Discipline on our part is the problem. Importance, the value of it on our part is is what's lacking. And that's what we have to get better at. We have to get better at checking our text, replying, not just hearing voicemails, replying to it, not just checking email, but replying to it. This goes on your job too. Bosses get frustrated over this kind of stuff. They'll fire people for not checking emails or replying to emails. Uh, your wife won't fire you, but she'll wish she maybe could. Uh, I'm trying to help marriages this morning a little bit, too. Whether it is the human body's brain communicating with its members, or troops in the field communicating back with HQ or headquarters, stores communicating with their distributors, husbands and wives with the local church, without communication, things quickly fall apart. One of the things we'll probably say a couple times this morning is that when in doubt, over communicate. I would much rather hear somebody say, honey, Or, Pastor, you've already told me that five times. That doesn't bother me a bit. What I don't like is when they say, Pastor, you've never said this before. Or, Pastor, you you didn't say anything about that. Are you sure? I'm pretty sure I said something. No, this is the first I'm hearing of it. That lets me know I've dropped the ball, even for a boss. Or how about mothers, dads too? How many times do I have to tell you to pick up your room? So you'd rather over-communicate than not at all. Because you can't discipline someone when you haven't effectively communicated first. When we don't communicate, things fall apart. When your brain doesn't communicate to your arms, not good. And you know your hands are just waiting to be spoken to. What about if your brain doesn't communicate to your lungs? And we'll get it here in a minute. What happens if your lungs refuse, fail to respond to the communication? And they just say, I don't want to do it. I have been breathing for 65 years and I need a break. Uh, they don't get an excuse, do they? Aren't you glad your members of your body don't have excuses? Amen. Don't you wish the Lord's body didn't have excuses? Pastor Chris, don't you wish the members of your local body didn't have excuses? Yeah. Any given day, I think around here, we're running with half a paralyzed body. Got one leg dragging everybody. And then the other day, the next leg is moving. If we could get the whole body responsive... We might really go somewhere for Jesus pretty quick, and I think we're a pretty good church. Everybody else is laying down there just rolling in the ground. (laughs) Communication is absolutely necessary to maintaining unity in the kingdom of God. One of the things you can do, kind of as a side note, to avoid strife, angst, or vain imaginations, is just go sit down and talk with whoever you have a bone to pick with. Rather than formulate communication or conversations in your head where you play both people like a schizo, if you would actually just go and talk to the person, you could clear the air very quickly and win a friend back rather than have an imaginary enemy that really becomes a real one just through misunderstanding, vain imaginations, and the devil's playground. So we've got to really learn to communicate to maintain unity in this kingdom. The Bible says if you have ought against somebody, go and make it right. The Bible says if somebody has odd against you, don't, you don't even bring your offering until you go and make that right. That's demanding a communication, speaking, sitting down and talking. When communication fails, tasks are left undone, emotions are stirred, people are overlooked, and ultimately lives are hurt. This lesson will look at what the Bible has to say about communication. So again, we could probably teach for a month on this subject, but we get to do it for 45 minutes, and if it speaks to you, maybe get the CD or the podcast and listen to it over and over again because every marriage could use better communication, every church needs better communication. We're thankful when the police can com- communicate. When the military fails to communicate, people die when they don't need to like that that hospital, that Doctors Without Borders hospital that was just bombed off the map by accident because of bad intel. And now they're investigating all that. We don't want that to result in our lives spiritually. So let's make some observations. All five of our senses are designed to communicate. Touch communicates something to you. That's hot. That tells you something. That's cold. Smell communicates something. That something's rotting. Something's dead. I was caving a couple weeks ago, and I got back into one passage, and I went, something's dead in here. That's nasty. Something dead has washed into the bottom of this pit. Your eyesight communicates. That's how you read. Your ears communicate. Your mouth, all of it communicates something. Man has developed numerous ways in which to speak. Speech, writing, electronic, music, art, sign language, body language. The Bible even says be careful what you do with your eyes. Don't wink at things, that's sin, that's communicating. A haughty look, that's communicating something. All of this communicates. The only way you don't communicate is if you're dead. And even that says something. He's dead. My wife and I like to joke whenever we see a dead animal, like a dead cat or a dead dog on the side of the road, like, look, free pet, uh, not very playful. Free pet, won't call come when you call them, but it's free. We cannot exist without communication. We cannot fellowship without communication. How do you fellowship without communication? Even when you're in love and you're sitting at the table at the little diner and you're not saying anything, but you're holding each other's hands, that's communicating. <laughs> Amen it says, I love you. Just staring into each other's eyes communicates. I'm not interested in anybody else but you. Communication gives our lives expression and meaning. You communicate because you want to express how you feel. You want to express what you're thinking. Social media proves communication is desperately and direly important. Uh, just if you're not communicating, you're kind of saying you're half dead anyway or something's not important to you. The social media explosion thrives on mankind's desire and need to communicate, share, and feel important. We communicate what is important to us in that moment of time. Whatever is the most pressing on you is what you're talking about. The Bible is God Almighty communicating to man. Aren't you glad God communicates? We call it being led by the Holy Ghost or studying the Bible. Praise God. And his communication is always perfect. We need to sometimes tune in a little bit better, but his communication is always perfect. The Lord Jesus was and is God's will and love communicated to us. Praise God. He is perfect. He is perfect love. He is the perfect will of God communicated to us. And the Holy Spirit is God's avenue of current communication to us. He is also perfect. We don't always pick it up right, and sometimes we kind of add to what the Holy Spirit says or maybe we misunderstand, and that's why you you pray and fast. It's why you watch and pray. It's why you prove all things and cling to that which is good or hold fast to that which is good. Sometimes we act too quickly when the Holy Spirit speaks to us and we haven't had time to fully understand it. But the Lord gives you a grace period when you do hear from the Holy Spirit. Don't feel like you have to jump on it tomorrow. Uh, Usually the bigger the task the Holy Spirit gives you, the more time He's going to give you to prove Him. And He totally understands that. I know we all want to be eager to obey God, but sometimes you get into trouble when you think it's the Holy Spirit and it just isn't. How many of you thought you heard from the Holy Spirit and it just wasn't? All of us. So that ought to cause us to be a little bit more cautious because we're not perfect. It comes through tainted vessels with goofy heads and weird ambitions sometimes. And so it comes out a little fuzzy. Let's look at some biblical examples of communication because we do have a lot we want to cover in this lesson. And then I want to get down to the, the nitty gritty of how to communicate and where the breakdown occurs and maybe some natural things we can do to fix that so our marriages get better uh, our lives get better, our jobs get better. We want this church to get better and the ministry of helps around here to get better. Biblical examples of communication. The word of the Lord. There are many accounts of God speaking supernaturally to his leaders. When we talk about the word of the Lord, we're basically talking about somebody hearing from God. It's basically, we'd say the uh, spirit of God just told me. But the Old Testament calls it the word of the Lord would come unto somebody. And it was significant because they didn't really have a Bible in some parts of the Old Testament like we do. They had the Torah after Moses, but before that, they didn't, and not everybody had a copy of it. It was always kept in either the temple or the synagogues after the return from the exile. And so when they did hear from God, it was the word of the Lord. We'd say the Holy Spirit. I just heard from the Lord. The Lord led me. There are many accounts of God speaking supernaturally to his leaders, whether the word of the Lord came for personal comfort or direction, as a prophecy for his people, or to write scripture, God was communicating by his spirit in this manner. His directions were always clear even if they weren't always acted upon. So that's very clear. We see that the Lord is all about communication and he wants to steer and direct us. He wants to communicate his heart to us. He wants to comfort us. And in that regard, we ought to make sure we are effective communicators like the Lord is. Aren't you and I glad the Lord doesn't just sit quiet? Aren't you and I glad the Lord does not ignore us? Aren't aren't we glad that the Lord hears our cry? And then we know he'll act on it. Amen. Now, what if the Lord was like your husband? (laughs) Or your wife? Or your kids? This could be bad. Or your boss? Or your employees? So we are aiming towards the the perfection of Jesus Christ. We need to communicate. And the ministry of helps... And what we do around here, we need to over-communicate. As, as helps leaders, we, or helps department heads, we need to over-communicate. As the pastor, I need to over-communicate. We need to check emails. We need to reply to emails. We need to listen to voicemails and reply to voicemails for things to work better. You know, there's all sorts of disorders and diseases that are related neurologically when the, when the response is delayed. Raise your hand. 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 Okay, walk over there. No, not raise your hand now. But that's how the kingdom operates way too much of the time. And we call it Tourette's, Bell's palsy, seizures, all these terms that we define when the human body breaks down. But I think a lot of the body of Christ has a spiritual Tourette's or spiritual deafness or what have you. Amen. Amen. The Holy Scriptures, the Scriptures contain history, poetry, the law, prophecies, commandments, curses, blessings, prayers. The Holy Scriptures are flawlessly recorded and given to us as an official communique from heaven. Aren't you glad? The cool thing is, it doesn't change. Your Bible doesn't change. So the longer you study it, the more you know it, the more you understand God's heart. And you don't have to worry about an updated version coming out like your textbook. You don't have to worry about another sequel coming out, like Rocky 19 or Star Wars 52. Right? It is what it is, and it's always been since 2,000 years ago. So it should not discourage us or intimidate us. It is 66 books. It is 33,000 verses. But it doesn't change. So you just get in there and start reading it and reading it and reading it, and before long, you start to really grasp it. Amen. It's an official communique to you from God Almighty, telling you everything you need to know. Amen. And if there's anything he forgot, which he didn't, but if you think he forgot something, then the Holy Spirit will steer you. (laughs) Amen. The epistles themselves were letters written to individual churches in order to communicate the will of God. Those are personal letters, and we know they're recorded for us as the modern church as well. Israel's trumpet, we're just talking about biblical forms of communication to show you how much communication is important biblically. Israel and much of the ancient world communicated with trumpets, or the Hebrew word is shofar. They didn't have text, they didn't have Snapchat. Uh, they, didn't, they didn't have uh, Instagram or Facebook. They had uh, Insta-trumpet. You know, the Indians had smoke signals, but that was really bad on a cloudy day, a rainy day, or a foggy day. <laughs> but the shofar always worked. That shows you how pagan the Indians were. They had all sorts of animals with horns, but they never blew a trumpet. And that's why this is now our land. <laughs> that and they rejected Jesus Christ. For Israel, the trumpet blast communicated danger, military action, the day of atonement. These are all biblical uses of the, of the shafar or the trumpet. Uh, the return of the glory, the coronation of a king. It, it communicated praise. It's going to communicate the rapture one day, which I think is really cool. And it will ultimately communicate the day of the Lord, which is the day of wrath, which is the day the Lord Jesus comes back and touches down on the Mount of Olives and destroys his enemies, which is actually the seventh plague. It's kind of neat to think the Lord Jesus is, is the seventh plague. <laughs> I've been studying the Revelation. I'm pretty fired up about it. Prayer. Here's another form of communication from the Bible. Prayer is how we communicate back with God. Prayers are filled with the, pres- the pressing issues of life at the moment of that prayer. We all know that. When we're desperate, we cry out to God and we start crying like we've never cried. We have not because we ask not. And so that's prayer, it's communication. Prayer is communication with God. And then his response, if it's supernatural or or more spectacular, that's often the word of the Lord. Sometimes it's a still small voice, sometimes it's a scripture. But he always communicates back. And then there's preaching and teaching. That's what we're the most familiar with. We ought to probably, the two most forms of communication we're familiar with and ought to be comfortable with in the New Testament is the word of, of, excuse me, the Bible, because you can always hear that talking to you, and preaching and teaching. We in charismatic circles, we get spooky and mystical, and those are not good words. We want to depend on entirely the leadings of the Holy Spirit. If that were the case, you wouldn't need your Bible, and you wouldn't need preaching and teaching. And if we were as accurate as we thought we really were, like some spooky charismatic mystics proclaim, our lives would be a lot more fruitful, a lot more established, and a lot more worthy of following, right? But it's evident some folks aren't as mystical as they think they are because their lives aren't worth following. But now I would rather follow people that hear the word of the Lord from the scriptures and do it and they hear the preaching and teaching of their man of God and do it because those folks are established. We're all charismatics or we're comfortable around charismatics. We know that we are the goofiest, fruitiest, flakiest, spookiest, mystical bunch of Christians and I wouldn't ask Baptists to follow us anywhere, generally speaking. I was raised Baptist, and Baptist, Presbyterians, they are so grounded in the Word, they don't get spooky. They go through hell face on, realizing they could, not realizing they could have gone a different direction, but they just come through it saying, Lord, I trust you. And they come out the other side, and they know God is God. We're not sure if God is God unless we hear a spooky, mystical word. Amen. So the two we ought to trust in the most. Number one, we ought to hear the communication of God's written Word. I, listen, I believe in the Word of the Lord. I operate in the gifts of the Spirit. I hear from the Holy Ghost. But I'm talking about as a pastor watching fruity Christians and not fruitful Christians. Paul, Peter said, we have a more sure word of prophecy. The word of God. He said, we were in the, the heavenly mount in the hour of transfiguration. And I heard a voice from heaven say, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. He said, nevertheless, I, we have a more sure word of prophecy. He said, I heard God Almighty brag on his son from heaven. And we have a more sure word than that. The Bible. That was Peter exalting the Bible over him personally hearing God's voice from heaven brag on Jesus Christ in the earth. That's how much more we ought to put our faith in the word and not voices. Again, we are a charismatic church. We operate in the gifts of the spirit, but mankind is flawed. The Bible is not. I have thought I've heard from the Lord and didn't. I have thought the Lord directed me one way and marched to that one. well, that wasn't God at all. And go back and realize... I can see that now and the Lord lets you learn that so our final way in the Bible to have God communicate to us is preaching and teaching does that mean all preaching and teaching is flawless no no preaching and teaching is 100% flawless because it's coming again coming through a tainted vessel but when it's the word of God being preached you can find the heart of what's being communicated and obey that Preaching and teaching are Old Testament and New Testament actions. God calls his servant to stand before people to communicate through the spoken word, the divine will of God. It is through this foolish means, and that's what the Bible calls it, calls it stupid, through the stupidness of preaching. That's modern language. Old Testament King James says, through the foolishness of preaching, preaching, he chose to save men. It is through this foolish means that God has chosen to save and help mankind. Isn't that crazy that just through a mortal vessel, with a sin nature like me or like you, we can preach or evangelize and the power of God goes into operation, sets people free from hell, casts devils out of them, relieves them of oppression or gives them the answer they need. And even though we preach through a tainted vessel and we've got our own issues as preachers, when we speak the word of God under the anointing, the Holy Spirit falls upon you, the people, and starts communicating to you flawlessly. And just as soon as there's, you know, 40 people here this morning or whatever, and we're talking about this, the Holy Spirit's talking to all of you about something different individually that I'm not saying. So my communication might be flawed slightly with opinions or expressions. Maybe my grammar's not flawless, but the Holy Spirit speaking to you uh, by, by the preaching is flawless. And He'll say, You need to forgive. You need to repent. You need to get your act together. I love you. Don't quit. You can do this. That's flawless. I'm flawed. The anointing is not. Amen. Hopefully we can understand that and and see the difference. All right. Now let's get down to just basics where we live here. Ways that communication fails. Because we've all failed at communication. Now husbands will agree. Your wife will say, husband will come home, what's wrong? And the wife, nothing. Okay. That's communication, but it's flawed because it's a lie. Tell me, what is it? Well, if I have to tell you, it's not important to you. Well, woman, I don't read minds. Well, you should. I can read facial expressions, and yours isn't happy. I'm just, nothing's wrong. All right, that's a breakdown on the woman's part. She's the one that's supposed to talk 90 miles an hour with Gus up to 105, and she won't accurately communicate what's going on. So how can there be unity? Just stop and say, I'm mad at you because you didn't reply to my five texts today. In which case you say, I work in a zinc mine. I was underground. I don't think that ever happened, but that's funny. (laughs) We have no text signal underground or whatever the thing is. We have to be willing to communicate. You don't have a right to get offended if you haven't done all your communicating. So let me help wives for a second. You don't have a right to get your feelings hurt until you've done all of your communicating. And if at that point your husband's still a caveman, I guess you can get a little offended. But at least let him speak his mind and say, and give a reason. Okay, baby, I, 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 I'm a man. <laughs> and that is the problem. <laughs> but we're trying to help both sides of the equation and the helps departments around here and your business all at the same time here. So where do breakdowns in communication happen? Oversight, we simply just forget to communicate. That happens to all of us. The busier you are, the more these will happen. Ignorance, you didn't know communication was necessary in this. this. I didn't know I was supposed to tell you I was going out of town for two weeks. I thought, or I thought I told you. No. Or ignorance in that I I needed to tell you that uh, uh, we should uh, turn the heat on. It's going to be 20 tonight. I, I'm supposed to tell you that. Sometimes we, we don't because we're ignorant. Uh, the breakdown in the command chain, we didn't know who to communicate to. That, that really works in the local church. It works on the job, works in the school. That's why you've got to communicate who to communicate to. If you have a problem, this is your supervisor. This is your manager. This is your assistant manager. This is who you go to. This is human resources. This is your department head. Don't tell on your little sister. Don't tell on your big brother. Come to mommy and daddy. So we, sometimes we, just, we, don't, we have a breakdown in the command chain. Sometimes it's apathy. That really strikes middle Tennessee in the heart. We just don't care enough to communicate. Eh. <laughs> eh. Sometimes it's laziness. And these are all sin, Now we're getting to real sin nature issues. We're just too lazy to communicate. I'll get to that email tomorrow. And then 30 more emails come in, and that email is now at 31 on the list, and you're never going back down that low to check on it. I'm talking to myself too. I even flag them. And then I'm like, why do I have 30 emails flagged? Ooh, oh, I better make a phone call. <laughs> I am so sorry about that. <laughs> Attitude, we don't want to communicate. Sometimes we, communi- we don't communicate and it's rebellious. It's. I'm, I'm just, no, they were not nice to me, I'm not gonna tell them. Or I'm, just, I'm gonna just hang them out to dry. Or maybe it's a fearful attitude. I'm afraid to communicate because I broke this thing. I don't want to tell the boss or the department head or if i got to run this thing up the flagpole as we say, what's going to happen when it hits the top? What's going to happen? So sometimes it's an attitude why we don't communicate. We've got to defeat all of these because what's more important than any of this is the communication. None of these are justifiable excuses why we allow communication to fail. Mature people... You know, oversight happens to even the best of people, but mature people refuse to be ignorant. Mature people refuse to let there be a breakdown. Mature people are not apathetic. They're disciplined. Mature people are not lazy. They are disciplined and driven. Mature people don't get an attitude. They don't care who gets in trouble. It's got to be communicated. They're not not going to let fear stop their job description or their responsibility. And then the distraction. This is, I, if I were to say the, the two that are the easiest and maybe the most justifiable are the first one and the last one. Sometimes we just forget, and sometimes we're just distracted, which is also oversight and forgetting. Something else was more pressing at the moment, and I understand that. But these are just reasons. This is This is why it breaks down, and we need to make sure we beat them. Regardless of the reasoning behind communication slips, communication must always be improved in order for goals to be accomplished, relationships to flourish, and life to be enjoyed. If you don't keep a chain of communication open, things deteriorate. Communication waters the flowers of life. And if you're not communicating, things just start to shrivel and die. And we have to keep communication open with our relatives, with our friendships, on the job, to get a job done in the local church, to get the ministry of helps done in our marriage. If you don't communicate with somebody, there's nothing there in common. And how do you know if you have anything in common except you start talking to them? Communication is how we win people's hearts. It's also how we get things done. So the three breakdowns of communication we're giving you a lot this morning, but got to do it. The chain of communication only has three links. Now think about that. There's Six ways or seven ways it breaks down and only three links. So if chain only three links long, we ought to be able to maintain that thing pretty good. If you practice it. Three links. You have the source who, who is doing the communicating. You have the medium or the transfer medium. And then you have the receipt. Who's receiving it? That's it. I think we've all played the game in grade school where you got the, the friends The classroom, and you start off with a word, and you whisper it into each other's ears, so you have the sender, and then at the other end, you have the teacher who's the receiver, and you have all these links. And the point, I remember doing this in second grade, Mrs. Stalens' class at Farragut Intermediate School, and I remember sitting out under the bus stop doing this, and I saw how this was going to work. Seven years old, I saw this was going to work, and I said, I'm changing the word completely when it gets to me, just to do it. (laughs) So I don't remember what the word was or what I changed it to, but, you know, maybe it started off as bus station, and it came to me, and I went, "Buster, bacon. Hmm. that's funny. <laughs> and it comes all the way back around and Ms. Stace and says, Ms. Stace Stalen says, you see how it broke down? Yep, right here. <laughs> We're not talking, talking 25 chain links here. Usually there's just one. The email, the text, the phone call, the department head, the child who ran from mommy to daddy across the house. Really, if there's only one link, we ought to be much more solid in our communication. Amen. A breakdown in communication can happen at any point along the chain, and there's only three links. <laughs> so, again, we're not talking like this thing's a mile long. The source fails to communicate or communicate accurately. So sometimes if there's a breakdown, you've got to look at you, the communicator. The transfer medium fails Email, text, letter, phone call, conversation, etc. Or three, the receiver fails to understand, pay attention, or follow through. There's only one of three options as to why it's failing. All right, examine your life, your marriage, your parenting, helps departments, your job, your career, etc. Because this is this is what's going to help us. So let's look at these next. We're going to spend the rest of our time just looking at these three areas of failure and see where we can all be better. This will help your marriage. This will help your parenting. I want this to help our church in the ministry of helps. This will help your career. If you, I think you live in middle Tennessee. If you're the best communicator on your job, you're getting the promotion. Because I guarantee the people that work around you are not good. And there's no reason they should be a better communicator than you. I want you guys to know as my church, there's no reason why you should not be the best employee where you work at. And if you're the best employee where you work at, you get the promotions and the raises. And we build the kingdom faster. That should be your testimony. You should not be the one at the bottom of the list ready to be fired. You should not be the one on the job who they're waiting for a downturn in the economy so they can let you go. You should be the one they fight to keep because you're stewards of God's word and you're servants and helps ministers. Amen. All right, failure at the source. So that's, we'll all put ourselves here and and see where we might fail as, as a communicator because we're all called to speak and share and communicate. These failures are what every leader and motivated person must always overcome if they ever want to succeed in their endeavor. So total, here's how we fail, total oversight. I do this all the time, unfortunately. Just totally forget, say what I'm thinking. i manage everything in my mind and I think about it so much. Sometimes thinking you assume is the equivalent of sharing because you've shared it with yourself 100 times. Apparently everybody else should know right it just oozes out of me No, it doesn't work that way so there's one way just total oversight I just I forgot my I do this with my wife all the time which is the worst because she's my wife Hi, I'm the, 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 the. you are yeah didn't I tell you no seriously this is the first time hearing of it Are you sure so sometimes I go check through text did I text her sorry about that it's bad when you have to Communicate through text with your wife, but I guess that's how it is in these days Assumption of communication, you assumed you communicated But you never did You erroneously assumed you had communicated Dr. Barclay says, never assume anybody knows what you know Though you may have told them a thousand times He tells us that as pastors, but it also applies on your job If you're in a position of authority I don't assume my girls know what I've told them a thousand times Though I've told them a thousand times you can't assume that. Leadership just keeps leading and picking up the pieces. That's why we're in the leadership position. Don't assume anybody, sir. That's why I like to say over communicate, over communicate. To get Lydia to say yes, sir, and no, ma'am, without, without uh, prompting, it's taken an investment of 10,000 to one, and she's just now getting it. She's to a point now, I knew this day would come when she, I'll say, Lydia, what? I'll say, excuse me, sir, not bad. She's not four yet. Pretty good. Took me about until I was 15. And a lot of beatings. We're, we're making progress. So I can say, excuse me, and she knows exactly what I'm looking for. I don't have to say, yes, sir. I just say, excuse me. Yes, sir. Yes, daddy. That's sweeter. I like that. You, can't, you don't get frustrated. You just communicate and communicate. Amen confusing or unclear information communicated. Sometimes it breaks down because what we said wasn't clear or articulate. That's why it's often good on your part when you're receiving the, the information that you repeat it back. Let me, let me just be clear, sir or ma'am or daddy or mommy or pastor or department head. Let me, Honey, let me just be clear. You, you want this, this, and this. Is that right? Right. Uh, yesterday I was communicating with text about some of this stuff and somebody called me. They said, we figured it'd just be easier just to call you rather than text back and forth. I said, good idea. Did you know that phone calls often take less time than a stupid text conversation? And you get to talk like this and not like this. So this, this saves a trip to the chiropractor <laughs> and bad posture and osteoporosis and hunchback. I, I'm, I'm terrified of what these girls and boys are going to look like 30 years from now. I think chiropractic business is going to explode in the next 10 years because we got kids from, you know, their, their bones are still developing and they're four and five years old and they live like this. we were at this campfire thing last night and we went to the fire to warm up and it's kind of a public thing. And there's all these girls around the campfire and we're standing next to their girlfriends. And I thought, that will not be my daughters. My daughters will not be socially weird. Anyway. I guess now I'm digressing. So, unclear information. We thought we'd just call you, just it'd save time and just be clear. I, really, texting is a big I mean, it's convenient, but it is very misleading, because it is not efficient. Most of the time, texting is not efficient, because what takes 40 minutes in a text conversation you can do in a one-minute phone call. Amen. Amen. It's amazing. Flesh finds a way to pervert all technological advancements. We have to make sure we're not, we're not doing that. Constant change in the vision or mission. Uh, communication must be consistent with the vision. When you're always changing what you're wanting, that's going to distract, mistract, uh, mislead. It's going to be confusing. So you have to make sure your communication is simple, clear, precise, and we go over it two or three times, and then you don't go and change. I have a lot of preacher friends and missionary friends, and they're all, their biggest complaint in different phases of leadership is, I hate it when the vision is changing every five days. I hate it when the direction of our church is shifting every six weeks. Around here, I'm proud to say we're still running on Pastor Vaughn's vision. Win the lost, make disciples, do evangelism, gifts of the spirit, world missions, raise up leaders. The little submissions might change. We're going to remodel this. We're going to redo the parking lot, that. We're going to have a new vacation Bible school. But even then, we've been doing vacation Bible school for how long, Chris? 25, 30 years? That doesn't change. That, we can all get in and say, this is how we do it. We're not chasing weird things every two years. Amen. Because it's just more, uh, more variables in the equation that can fail. Number two, failure at the transfer. And this is where we need to listen very clearly in the day we live in. These failures are easy to understand. Every one of us has sent an email that bounced back. And we depended on that email to go through. We can't trust it. We have to follow up. Or it wasn't received on the other end. Uh, we're planning this trip to Kenya right now. and uh, Or I guess it's planned and we've already paid for it. So I've been communicating with this, this big travel agency that does mission stuff out of Virginia And I have talked to that girl three times, and three times I've told her, I need the email. I sent it to you, Mr. McMichael. It didn't go through. She says, I see it didn't bounce back. And I said, try another account. Three times she sent emails. They never came through. I check. I don't get the information. I follow back. I said, try this email. It finally went through. I said, I'll send you an email from my church account. She receives it, but I can't get email from her for whatever weird, microcosmic, universal problem. But she was depending and counting on me getting the bill, the invoice for the flight. You have to follow through with this stuff. We sometimes get lazy and don't follow through. We want to depend on technology. Technology is great, but you can't depend on it. The only thing you can depend on is Jesus. Amen. So for everything else you follow through on. Your kids, your marriage, yourself. A letter is never received. We always hear stories about a letter, a postscripted Christmas World War II. It was just delivered this week. Well thank you United States Postal Service I'm sure they have an impeccable record As much mail as they deliver But there's always that letter that never gets through We send stuff to Africa all the time And I'm terrified it won't get there Because I know how the African governments work And everything gets gone through anyway So you don't send anything electronic You never send cash because it'll never make it And when we send stuff to Iceland It gets open and they do go through it Because it's a socialized nation And you can't send certain things through there So you can't depend on a letter Follow through a phone call is dropped or garbled. Anybody know what I'm talking about? <laughs> about? <laughs> How many of you have done this? I'd, where's my phone? It's in my back pocket. I do this a lot. The phone call starts, yeah, I can't hear you. I can't hear you. It's garbled. Now I'm driving. And I just hang up on them because there's no sense getting frustrated and trying to make a conversation work. So I just hang up. Phone dropped you, and they'll call back when the signal gets better or my signal gets better. But we can't communicate or or depend on that because it gets garbled. What if if it garbles something and you hear the wrong thing? We have to over-communicate. How about a conversation never takes place because you forgot to have it or the meeting is not attended? That's why meetings are important. I understand you can have an over-abundance of meetings and they start to lose their value, but you have to have... Meetings to get things done. When I worked at the zinc mine, we had safety meetings every morning before anybody went underground, and they were monotonous, and they were superfluous. But they made us so paranoid of safety we never had accidents. They were doing their job, even though we we're like, oh yeah, we understand safety. It was, but it was purposely designed that way to marinate your heart in safety consciousness. The rule of thumb was in the mine, you are the softest thing, and in the mine. You will die and nobody will ever know because the machinery will run over you and not even think a thing of it and a rock will fall and will never find you. And they've had over the 45 years of that mine, they had one or two death fatalities where a slab of rock fell so big they never found the body until they went and broke the rock up because it just, the rock was, you know, a thousand tons and the size of a car and little Jimmy was now half an inch tall. So they have to do that, over-communicate, over-communicate. All right, or a strong nor'easter ruined the smoke signal. That's why this is our land. When When your commerce is wampum and your communication smoke signals and you reject Jesus Christ, yeah, that's offensive, but that's also the absolute truth. Uh, just so you know, most theologians believe that the promises of Deuteronomy applied to the Native Americans, and they rejected the gospel, and strangers invaded their land. But the first waves of settlers came with the gospel of Jesus Christ, and many were converted. And you go down to Central and South America, they all received Catholicism. They received the gospel in that form, and those people exist today. And you go look south of the border, everybody still looks like a native people. And there are no native people here. They were on reservations, struggling high suicide rate, high depression rate, high alcohol rate, and they still worship their pagan gods. Spiritual law. It's not a racial thing. It's a biblical promise. All right. Get that offensive thing out of the way. Third part. I got three minutes. We can run through this in three minutes. Failure at the receipt or the reception. These failures are often frustrating for leaders, proactive people, and wives. (laughs) It is assumed that the source has successfully communicated accurate information. So the previous two are assumed to be accurate, the previous two points of the chain. So this is a failure at the the reception, the receiving end. They have successfully attempted communicating, but... The recipient doesn't check their emails, their texts, their voicemails, or postmail. I struggle with this as a pastor. This frustrates me a lot. The recipient does not act on the communication, doesn't know to act, they're ignorant. Doesn't want to act, insubordination. Doesn't care about the action, apathy. Doesn't remember to act, needs a smartphone with alerts. <laughs> they call it a smartphone because they realize we're not smart enough. And you can set an alarm to go off every two minutes, every minute if you want to, on everything. If you have the discipline to set your phone and learn to use it and make it a part of your life. Not that you have to, but it's there. It's a tool. Another point, the recipient does not understand the information or what to do with it because they speak Chinese and you speak English. Or you speak wife and they understand husband. So you have to find a way to find a translator to communicate over and over again. Or the recipient is confused or discouraged by the constant change of direction coming from the source where it's getting mixed signals. And that might come back and blame the source there. If the source is always changing information, that is so exhausting and frustrating. If the source is always changing what they want done and you're just starting to learn the last thing that was given out, as a leader or the source... You've got to understand, you have the vision, you know what you want done, you're just now communicating it for the first time to the recipient, they're not going to instantly catch the picture. You, you've got to say it over and over again a hundred different ways before they can catch it. Bad leadership changes the direction when, when the recipient is midstream just learning the last picture, and now we're going to change it up again. That's a good way to kill your business, it's a good way to kill your church, it's a good way to kill your marriage, a good way to kill your kids, It frustrate them. So we need to make sure we're simple, we're clear, and we're concise, and we follow up with everything we're communicating. Trees don't have this problem. Bumblebees don't have this problem. Hummingbirds don't have this problem. Wildebeest don't have this problem. We have this problem. Amen. Lord, help us. Communication is vitally critical to the unity of the local church. And again, we've, we've shared this this morning to cover all aspects of your life, but this, I wrote this for the Ministry of Helps. And even now, we're, we're back in another season where we're like, all right, we need to over-communicate. We need to over-communicate. We need to be clear. We need to communicate how we want things done, when we want things done, where we want things done, and over-communicate, even if it insults people or their intelligence, it's just part of it. Communication is important to maintain unity of heart. Offense comes when you misunderstand people. And when you find out you've offended somebody, you've got to go to them and make it right. Say, so I'm, I'm so sorry, I did say it that way, but that's not what I meant, please forgive me. So you over-communicate, and you make it right. It's important for unity of vision. We have to reiterate the vision over and over and over again. This is a bit of a catch-22 because in this modern day, we get bored easily. So a lot of churches are mixing up their vision every six months so the people don't get bored. But the problem is a tenth of the people only caught the vision the first time and a tenth of the people are only going to catch the new vision. Everybody else just stays excited in a frantic stage of confusion. But that's not a move of God. That's just excitement at something new that's going to get bored in three months because we don't train them to be faithful. The cure for boredom is just faithfulness. The cure for boredom is faithfulness, and that is a fruit of the Spirit. I, I'm not going to uh, cater to your boredom. I'm going to teach you to be faithful to the vision. The vision doesn't change. Amen. You can put a smoke machine, it ain't God. You can put purple lights, it ain't God. You can have hairy chest, it ain't God. But the vision from heaven is God, and we're going to be faithful to that. And unity, uh, communication is important for unity of, of action. We've got to be unified in the direction we're going. If we say we're going this direction, we keep saying we're going this direction. And we make sure everybody that was going that direction catches up and we all pull the same direction. All three must be maintained. Unity of heart, this describes the love, joy, and peace working in a local body. It produces forgiveness, repentance, encouragement, and prayer. We need to have unity of heart. Unity of vision, this describes the mission or assignment the local body is called to accomplish. Habakkuk 2.2, write the vision, make it plain. We read it, we run with it. Philippians two two uh, Meetings, preachings, teachings, planning We have a unity of vision We know exactly what we're doing And then unity of action This describes how the local body will go about fulfilling the vision uh, And we keep, keep unity of action through our texts, our meetings, emails, verbal we're gonna tra- This is necessary You push this too hard uh, Carnal people think it's a cult But this is how I was trained in the business world I never called my bosses a cult leader This is just, you're the boss This is what you want done We try here, if we send out texts, please reply. Just say, received, or thank you. But it's frustrating to send out a text or a mass email and only three replies. The reason we don't reply is oversight or laziness. Now, if you're a man and it was a smoking hot girl, you'd reply. Single man. If you're a married man and it's your wife and she's hot, angry hot, hopefully she's pretty hot you'll reply. But if it's the things of God, eh, too busy Snapchatting or whatevering. Amen. We have to make sure God doesn't get our, uh, our second-class helpings. We give Him our very best. Without communication, this critical trinity will deteriorate. Unity of heart, unity of vision, unity of action. And may the Lord help us to communicate. Amen. Father, I thank you this morning for our church, for the marriages here, the businesses represented here, the students represented here. Father, help us to be better communicators in the local church, in my leadership office of pastor as the helps department leaders here, in our businesses, help us to be better communicators as husbands, wives, and parents, and even children. May we teach our children to communicate clearly. Father, we realize all the things of life do revolve around how we communicate and how we're receiving communication. May we lose nothing because of negligent communication. Father, we thank you for this teaching. May we apply it to our lives and see things get better. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, you guys have listened so well this morning. We got about nine minutes before service.